Welcome to the Connor Churland podcast, where I, Connor Churland, meet up with a musician, ask about what makes them tick, ask about their lives, ask about their songs, stories behind the song. You know the deal at this point. And if you don't, well, welcome aboard. This day, we have James Spate, S-P-A-I-T-E, and I like him quite a bit. Uh, not only do I like him as a person, his music is crazy good. His skills are out of this world. His ability to articulate himself is wonderful. Um, he will tell you that he's long-winded. I will tell you that uh, I love when he says things. So uh, please enjoy and um, be excited for two very good songs that he does in the middle. Enjoy. Good to see you, man. How's your day going? Hey. It's been good. Uh, I spent some time with my dogs. Uh, worked on a... On this thing, yeah, piece of it. So to get some quality out of my, you know, to get some better recordings. Yeah, I realized that I hadn't shaved in a while, and so I shaved because <laughs> I was looking. You know, it's like I don't have a good beard. Sure. Um, I don't really feel confident in a mustache either. Just Rachel's been like, "Do a mustache, do a mustache." I'm like, "All right, do a mustache." <laughs> How do you feel about it? Oh, um. It's strong. It's like, it's really there. All right. That's good to know. I feel all right. Uh, my brother, I was talking to my, <laughs> my brother the other day on Skype or no FaceTime. Um, and he, he's like, hey, you look, you look full indie, uh, indie cottage singer songwriter guy right now. You look, you got your dirty mustache yeah. going on yeah. and it's all right. <laughs> That's awesome. So the these walls, these are for recording to like uh, dampen your house. Is that what it is? Yeah. So maybe this room is like overall, like that I'm sitting in right now, is like majority of it is like eleven or twelve by like forty feet, yeah, or like by like thirty feet or something like that. Yeah. And so it's just like this giant rectangle and it's a really old house. So it has like the acoustic, like popcorn ceiling, you know? Yeah. It just sounds really roomy with the hardwood floors. And there's, I don't know, a huge portion of the room is like glass windows. Like, cause it's, yeah. it's our front room, it's our living room. And so I just, it's, it's the one that you and Lane came over and, you know, I spent some time in. Right. And so there's like a little notch where it cuts out. And so I created a three and a half foot wall and then like a six foot wall to kind of like close in the space and I can open it and close it. And then there's a couple inches of insulation and uh, they're just massive and they, they like, they look nice cause it's stained wood and I yeah. built them to go from floor to ceiling with the wheels and stuff. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Have you noticed like a significant change in the way the room sounds? Well, uh, a bit, but that's just with the first one up. Really, it just kind of uh, adds another hard surface. Like mm -hmm. if I'm on this side of the room, my office, my studio is on that side, but like on this side of the room, it just adds like another hard surface. It doesn't really do any absorbing. Mm -hmm. But once you're like on that side, you, you can really hear it. And then for sure, once the once the second wall is up, so there's not just like six and a half feet of dead space. I mean, yeah. excuse me, just like open space that goes to this section of the room. Cool. It's kind of hard to give a visual description of this like whole thing. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, it it helps that I'm already there. I mean, uh, the room really is just one long rectangle at the front of the house. Um, so I mean that I I feel like not only just musically, but that will also like it's also just like a nice aesthetic thing for you to be able to like put your office away and like to like have a place to hide a mess if you need to last minute. Um, if you have friends coming over or something, you could just move the wall in front of the mess. One hundred percent. I'm definitely looking forward to having concerts here and like being able to use the walls to have a very nice sounding room or like just move them. You know, it's like a backdrop for like yeah, be super cool. Yeah. So yeah, I think the backdrops are gonna be sweet. My uh, my father-in-law just built me a portable stage that um is like two and a half feet by like six feet. So like you can you can put them together and it's like five by six, and uh, yeah it's it's perfect for for one guy. Um, I'm gonna try it out this weekend with a show up in the mountains. Um, but for for people who have never heard of James Spate, uh, there are many songs we can point them to. Clearly, the top five on Spotify. Uh, what what is your favorite of of your songs and uh, why right now? Um, right now, for sure, would be Maple Whiskey. Um, yeah. It is freaking coming in, weighing in at number three. Um, yeah. In the red corner is Maple Whiskey. Yeah. Um, cheering it on to reach over yeah. a million streams, uh, like hopefully by like the end of March or something like that. Um, and why uh, is, I just think it's, I don't know. I've just got like a thing for metaphors. Um, I think that they, one of my favorite, like I studied psychology in college and one of my favorite neuroscientists, uh, uh, her name's Heather Berlin. She studies creativity and improvisational thinking in the brain. And just one of the things that she, I've seen her in interviews that she's talked about um, is that uh, we understand anything that we do at all uh, by means of metaphor. We learn anything new by, by metaphor. It's like, yeah. A waffle is like a pancake, only, you know, this way, or like a crepe is like a pancake, or a cat is like a dog, only it has nine lives and is more nimble, or I don't know, whatever, whatever things that you want to do. Or like, even with music, you know, when people try to approach something, we say like, oh, like, what is it like? Or like, what genre is it? And genre is just like a larger catch-all for, or, you know, like it's an approximation toward um, the actual thing of music. So it's it's saying this thing is like this thing or this thing is this thing, but it's just by means of comparison. Um, and so with that, uh, meta, uh, maple whiskey is like a, it's like a long metaphor, but it has to do with like mental health and, uh, yeah, like mental health and addiction and love and alcoholism and all this like mix of like all those different kind of things. Um, yeah. And nice. so, yeah, I I recently bought a uh, Tony Robbins lecture called uh, "Unleash the Power Within," and he talks about how the way that you learn anything is by connecting an unknown to a known, and you do that by metaphor. Like you can learn, like as soon as you're able to connect an unknown to a known, then that's how you know that you've learned it. Um, so the same kind of thing. He was knowing what something else is like. Um, why is that song about addiction? Why is it about addiction? I, I assumed it was like a cute song because it was like, you're like maple whiskey, which I'm like, that's a cute thing to say about a girl. I mean, 
t- Tennessee whiskey is not about alcoholism. So like, why, why, why did yours turn into that? Yeah. So, um, the song I wrote it actually, it's one of the older songs that I've written, but I didn't release it until a couple of years ago, two years ago, I think maybe, um, or last year, whatever. Um, but I wrote it in high school, sitting on my parents' diving board. And this part we can maybe not air in some fashion. <laughs> um, but I was working and uh, I would play guitar there. I would sneak into the off into boss's office on occasion, and I would just drink some of the maple whiskey that he had stored away there. Stored away there, and um, maple whiskey is like notoriously sweet because yeah. um, it's you know with maple syrup and such. The analogy there within is like I knew it was something that was like not good for me um I knew that it was something and and yet like it was something that I continued to return to in the same way that other relationships or things I've experienced in high school and then like following that time um I wrote it I wrote the song I think summer of my freshman year of college so, you know, I had like some time, came back, was sitting on my parents' diving board, wrote the song in like 20 minutes. Wow. Um, but I say addiction because it's about returning to things that are not good for you, even though you know it. And so that's kind of like the thing of the song is not so much sweet as it is like uh, lyrics here, your mouth is maple whiskey on mine. Um, kisses burn my throat, drip down to my belly, somehow keep me warm on the inside. So there's like that juxtaposition of like, this is good but it's also like it burns or it's like not nice, you know? Um, That's interesting. I have very positive connotations with the burning sensation <laughs> of alcohol. So like when I, when I was a kid, like the first time I had like a shot at a party, I was probably 16 and like, I felt that like fire feeling going down me. And I was like, this is a great feeling. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Oh, I kind of really enjoy this burn. <laughs> It's funny because I love like hot as the word is to describe them like hot whiskeys or ones that burn or that are, you know, kind of like intense um, or just just in general, like intense, like tasting things. But when I wrote the song, I was like, most people don't like this. So what I'll do is like I'll write it from a perspective like where I understand the feeling, even though it's not something that I like particularly dislike. I understand the feeling and I know that for a lot of people, it's like... <laughs> Oh, it's so intense, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like like uh, all the time, you see it when your friends take shots or whatever, or in the movies or in whatever. Yeah. And you're like, you take a shot, and you're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know what face that was. I've never made it before in my life. So. <laughs> um, when you would sneak alcohol, would you ever like put water back into it to like make the level look the same? same no i guess i just wasn't that smart (laughs) i uh i did that all the time as a kid i was stealing very small portions of alcohol from people's alcohol cabinets uh in my in my teen years and replacing it with water just slowly diluting everyone i knew like everyone within my network (laughs) had much watered down alcohol after Oh my gosh. Someone's parents. Someone's parents were like, this is terrible. <laughs> like, this was good a couple months ago. Like, or like last week even. Like, this thing was great. It's the most, uh, it's the rudest thing you can possibly do because it's ruining an entire bottle just so you don't get in trouble. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. 
one of one of the things I was listening to, uh, I was listening to your Mr. Coyote song. The first time I listened to it, I assumed that it was like an ironic joke song about you actually talking to a coyote who like you're like being really metaphorical and then coyote just cuts you off and starts howling. howling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which I should ask people to do that at concerts. Be like, so what I want you to do is actually even before I get to the chorus, like if you want to sing along, just cut me off. Yeah. Just like completely. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which is kind of the point of the song of him cutting you off. He stopped me and he said, (laughs) Um, what, what, what brought about that one? Yeah. So I grew up in, as you know, uh, well, the central Valley of California and there's coyotes out there. And, um, like on occasion, especially if you're like camping or if you're kind of like out further, you know, if you're like further out, uh, more in the sticks, I guess, of the valley, um, you'll hear them at night, you know, they do their little like weird, happy, yelly scream thing, mm-hmm. or, you know, um, and they also like howl and stuff. But, um, I was working in agriculture on a blackberry farm and I wasn't doing anything like super complex. I didn't, I know I was in high school. We had this issue where coyotes, they would come out and in the middle of the night, they would chew up the drip system. And then I would have to, it's like a little high school kid, you know, like cut the drip system and like repatch like the lines and stuff like that. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, thanks for the job, but like, I'm way underqualified for even this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But basically what we did was we put out buckets of water and it didn't help. And then... Um, they kept on coming back and I was like, well, of course, you know, season after season, this kind of stuff is happening. And so it's got to be that parent coyotes are teaching pup coyotes, you know, you want some water in the middle of the night. This is how we do it. Yes. Blackberries have thorns. It's uncomfortable to smush your face into some thorns, mm-hmm. but like, it's just the way it goes, you know, it's running water or whatever. And, um, I thought, uh, you know, in college also when I wrote that one, but it just took me back to like personal experience and memories and thinking about. Like, gosh, these, these animals, like, what a, what a thing, you know? They're not stupid animals who keep doing the same thing. Like, they're creatures of habit and exactly like humans doing the yeah. exact same thing and learning from our parents about negative habits or just, like, bad ideas, like, or learning from uh, culture. It's, quote-unquote, in the water, right? It's in the air that we breathe. Um, and so wrote the song with the intent to talk about systems and learning and uh, yeah, just influence and all that kind of stuff. And so it's one of the things I think I'm most excited about, especially in some new music I have coming this year is about the ability to choose a good thing. Right. Hmm. Which is the, where that end of the, that end of that, the end of that song reaches a point where it's like, yeah, like we can make our own decisions essentially. Yeah. Like we're not stuck in the patterns that have come before us or in the patterns of our own life. They're just like, I feel like that's a theme with like a lot of your songs. Is that something you intend to do? Like that? Do you ever like set out to do that? Like I'm going to like make a positive thing or does that, do you just kind of do that by default? Uh, both. I think um, I remember yeah. being at a concert and I heard a, a release party and somebody named Megan Maples, fantastic artist out of the Bay Area now, it had like a Q&A time. She said, um, 
artists usually just uh, excuse me uh, writers of any kind usually tend to write about like five different things roughly like five different topics not exclusively but you know and like what are those topics for you you know ask yourself that question and so for me oftentimes it's a question around like death you know or just like like uh, finiteness I guess is another way to say that Mm -hmm. um, about love a lot of us write about love nature was like a huge influence for me and just like seeing things particularly from my parents in the way you know outside and hiking and this and that stuff and then um yeah like the capacity for change or like redemption or um like restoration or you know like like that, that same thing that you're kind of saying that that whole I, I don't really know exactly what to call it but I, th I think the capacity for change and the capacity for change for good uh, yeah I think have been really influential for me and so there are moments when I do intend to write about it and uh, I think there are moments when it sneaks its way in because it is probably foundational to the like what I believe about the world so hmm. I feel like that's one of the things that I've struggled most with in the last year is like having hope in people being able to do the right thing when you see like what what maintains that level of hope and optimism um in your life with like i mean we've we've seen a lot of what feels like counter arguments to like why we should have hope so like what what keeps that going for you you think i don't know um maybe i think i mean seeing people develop or change or small steps forward i guess like small amounts of progress even if it is progress it, small amounts of progress are still progress even though they are they feel minute but um i think that like looking at myself especially like i don't know when it was and i, I definitely struggle with it but a goal of mine came about a couple of years ago when i like realized that like it's not about other people like it's about and I don't know if this sounds like egotistical or like very self-focused or whatever but like yeah like self-focused more so like it's not about other people it's not about what other people do or don't do right like it's that like seeing that is an opportunity for you to like to contemplate yourself yeah uh I was at a protest here in San Diego and I watched another white dude scratch a car with his keys during the protest. We were walking on a freeway and I was like, what are you doing? And I, I, in no way, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm like talking well about myself, but I was like, what are you doing? Like, you don't like, don't do that. Like someone's yeah. just trying to get home from work. And like in that moment, I was like, wow, this is like the pinnacle of privilege, like a cathartic release about like something that you're upset about in a mo and like watching somebody else pay for it. His response was like, oh, we're, we're just trying to fuck shit up. And I was like, no, we're not. <laughs> and I was like, maybe some people, but like, no, like we want, I mean, at least I want like good, positive change, hope for all for a better future, um, particularly those who have been oppressed um intentionally so like that have been intentionally oppressed by the world that we live in uh and i was like that doesn't like you doing that doesn't help that so anyways with that it was like okay cool so i could be pissed off at this guy which i was but i think the big thing was like are you really gonna be mad at somebody else for like doing something really stupid or at least what you see is really stupid like when within yourself there's like 
all of this. Like you've heard so many people, like you've lost friends because of bad decisions that you've made, you know? And it's like basically uh, speck it, no, dust in, your, uh, dust in somebody else's eye and like log in your own eye. And whether or not it's actually a log, it's like, you know, return to yourself and like try and figure that out. And I think that seeing the capacity, yeah, to try and change myself maybe is what gives me hope. I mean, I, I, I feel like that's a reasonable answer. Like if you are able to change and you are like other people, then other people can change and there's hope. Um, I would agree. Uh, I mean, you are someone who is perpetually learning new things and like continuing to get better and better at whatever it is that you do. Like, um, and we've talked about that outside of this before, but like, what are some things that you've done outside of the past, like within the last year to, um, to improve yourself or to, yeah, make yourself better? This was not something that like I've done to make myself better. It is just a consistent opportunity that has been presented to me. It like is being married. You just have somebody who's really close to you and they're just like, you know, they're you basically just like able to see through somebody else's eyes or, or they, they allow you into their world and being like, hey, you really dropped the ball on this one. Or like, hey, that was like a major flop. What happened, dude? <laughs> yeah. Um, and whether that's like by exact actions or like character defects or like in conversation. I think that is like one thing and that is not really by my own doing. Um, after the fact, like what I do with that information that's been presented to me of like, you're out of touch with reality. Yeah. Um, and being like, okay, like I need to check in with myself. Am I being a jerk? Am I like not considering what somebody else's perspective might be in this situation? Yeah. Am I, you know, uh, like lots, lots of other things like that. Like, should I have been more considerate? Always the answer is yes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that that has definitely been really insightful. Um, in terms of like by my own action, like working on myself, um, some things that uh, have been really great. Um, <laughs> it's funny, but I guess like taking lessons from other people. Cool. taking lessons right now in production from my producer you think it's going to help me uh asking other people for help uh instead of being like i don't know if it's like just me or if it is maleness or if it is like whatever you know but yeah like being like i can do this thing i can do that thing i can do this thing you know and it's like maybe it's better to ask somebody else who like is much better at it instead of you like experimenting you know yeah yeah um I think a lot, I don't know, I mean, I guess just being alive and having other good people around me who are like, you can learn about this. And I'll be like, oh yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. So, yeah. I've noticed, I've noticed when I am in a more like learning mindset, uh, I'm more creative. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, totally. I totally do. I've been watching some YouTube tutorials on uh, how to freestyle rap. And it has been like the, it has been like incredibly eye-opening. And even, even like that sort of like learning, that's not even like a really useful skill for me, but I mean, it is like, it's something I've always wanted to try and like being, being willing to like let someone else, I, I, I assume it's just humility, like humility lets you access creativity. Like one, one thing that I will say is that, um, learning how to accept 
like when you've missed something or like like just being like you were wrong and like it, just that you were wrong like and that's just all you know or that you were wrong about something or that you did something wrong yeah. um even just last night Rachel and I were talking about something and we had an argument earlier in the day and I was like oh this is a great learning opportunity for me just to be like you know, people get into fights all the time or arguments or, you know, just like conversations where you have something that you need to talk about or to learn, but to, I think, say like, thank you for bringing this up. It's a great place to start. And like, that's something that I've been trying to work on. Definitely learned a lot from my dad about uh, retreating in moments of conflict instead of, yeah, as like a means of self-preservation, but yeah. it's like, it's like I'll retreat into my head and I'll think through everything and I'll try and like perfect things or whatever instead of just being like, I was wrong. Wow, this sucks to feel this way. But yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, it there's there's a part of it that feels like you've lost. Like if you like admit defeat, then it's like I've been defeated. But it's like kind of. But if you don't admit defeat uh you're kind of screwed then too because <laughs> like there are there are times that you're wrong like there's this there's this argument that lane and i have pretty regularly where uh she gets home a little bit later from work and she was in charge of dinner and then dinner is served like pretty late like 8 30 and i'm like super hungry and just kind of like i'm just hangry i'm in a bad mood and her being like sometimes I will be home late from work. That will happen. Uh, that's that's an amoral thing. Doesn't matter. Uh, I will do my best to cook when I said I was going to cook, but you, Connor, can eat food anytime you want so you don't get hangry. <laughs> and it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I guess that is my fault, huh? <laughs> And it's like, I do have the power over my own food. And if I'm hungry, I should eat. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, having, having a wife, I mean, so many people, when I first got in, when I first got married and when I first became a musician, they thought having a wife would slow me down. Like in, in some, in some way it would stifle my ability to like, be a musician out in the world uh yeah but i feel like what it's done is it's actually like made me more empathetic more creative i have like a actual creative space to be in and it it's matured me in a really significant way which <laughs> uh which is helpful in business and life in general 100%. yeah so i i agree with that do you do you have any um any romance songs that you're interested in playing for me Romance songs. Yeah, I was thinking or, I'd play. Not really. Well, my guitar is currently tuned for, uh, for Maple Whiskey. Well, do it. It's currently tuned for Maple Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and so, let's try to play that one. Go for so. it.
burn my throat Drip down to my belly Somehow keep me warm on the inside And I wet my lips before I kiss the slender Dude, you're such a professional. That sounded amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Nice. That, uh, I mean, I'm still interpreting it as a love song. Even if you say it's addiction, my mind just can't hear it any other way. It's definitely a love song. It's just, a, it's like a rough love song. There's, love addiction is a very, very real thing. Our emotional dependency addiction, etc. So, but yeah. you're right. It is a love song. But it's a metaphor for lots of things. It's kind of a... One of those things. Everything's interwoven. You know? It's just really hard to like, you know. <laughs> that, that's that's what all of this should be. It should instead of any type of interview, if it, like when it like is compiled or shared and stuff, it should just be 
us just making different faces. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I had a great interview with James. Here, check it out. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's a perfect teaser. They they they'll know what they're getting. Um, your your style of playing the like Spanish guitar, the percussive style, like, um, when when did that get formed in you? Was that like always what you intended to do, or did you like graduate into it? How did that start? So me and guitar, I my brother was gifted a guitar um, by my parents. It, I have it here in this room, actually. Uh, and so my brother was gifted a guitar by my parents. He didn't really play it very much. And so I said, cool, this is mine now, thank you. And uh, I was, I don't know, pretty young. And so I learned a couple of, you know, like box chords, you know, just like standard stuff uh, from my dad. And then uh, this was when YouTube was taking off, like at its inception, and I saw like Andy McKee and like um, some other players, but anybody from like Candy Rat Records. But the big thing really was uh, a guitarist named, uh, excuse me, a bass player uh, named Victor Wooten. And I was like, wow, this guy can do this kind of stuff on four strings with like harmonics. If you haven't listened to his like Amazing Grace cover, it's just like, Freaking nuts. Just bonkers. How do you spell his last name? Uh, W-O-O-T-E-N. Wooten. Cool. And then it kind of eventually became what it is today. I, like, started with the drums. So that kind of stuff is, like, supernatural. That was, like, my first instrument was the drums. And then for, like, tappity-tap stuff, like, this is not a good tuning for, like, tap guitar, but, um... Uh, like piano was like a big influence there for me as well as like harmonics in terms of like flamenco or spanish guitar or anything like that i'm actually not very competent um there i like could do a little bit of stuff you know like some like tremolo picking or whatever but i'm not like a by by, by no means am i a classically trained guitarist i wish that i had been But, um, yeah, so that, that was kind of like where it all started was just like seeing other people do fun stuff with instruments and then <clears throat> I guess like that interwovenness, like the cult, <clears throat> the coales coalescing of like piano and drums and like hand drums and percussion and stuff and, um, using the guitar in a lot of different ways. No, I mean, it's, it's impressive if, uh, if I, if anybody wanted to like figure out how to do that sort of a thing, would they start with the percussive piece and then just slowly add in notes or like, how do you, how do you even get started? Yeah, totally. So where do you start? Um, I mean, anything with like a piece of music, I think is the feeling first. So like, how do you want it to yeah. feel? And that oftentimes we'll start with the drums or whatever. could start with melody, but, um, getting, yeah. Like, where do you want a kick to come from or the feeling of like a low end? Where do you want a high end? Like, where do you want all these sounds to come from out of the guitar? Yeah. And what actually sounds the best and what is actually accessible and functional to play at the same time? Especially if you're doing some type of songwriting along with it. And so, um, and then from there, uh, considering chords, and that's, I'll use like a lot of 
alternate tunings um, yeah. to yeah to create different stuff and so some of them I'll just like I created um, just like made this tuning for like initially to for a cover piece that I was like trying to compose that is so sick So what I needed was a six in the bass, a four in the bass, a one in the bass, and then I could figure out five and twos and other kind of stuff like that, right? Wow. Um, and so needed melody. So that's primarily sits on these few strings. And then, um, you know, or melody, particularly from the harmonics. And so you have to have, you don't have to, but it's easiest to have open strings for harmonics. You can also do pinch harmonics like Other kind of stuff, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say start at the feeling of a piece, and then work in things like yeah, like a melody. Um, where do you want the melody to come from? Uh, do you want it in the harmonics? Do you want it in you know your left hand and your right hand? Basically, just keep on asking the question, uh, what uh, and where, or like what and how, like a bunch of different times and you'll eventually come to something. And, and then just like each time, just ask yourself, do I like this? If somebody else was playing this, would I be like, this is freaking sick? You know what I mean? Or like, this is, I enjoy this. Um, yeah. Which kind of is like a fun way just to write music in general. Like if somebody else is doing this, would I really still enjoy this? Or would you be willing to play that song now that you've already teased it? Totally. Heck yeah. yeah.
That's so dang good, dude. Thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I'm... Uh, <laughs> I I often have these moments where I'll like hear other people playing, and I'm like, "Good God! Like, why do I do this?" <laughs> no way! <laughs> That's, no way! It's so good. It's um, yeah, I yeah, it's so it's so impressive to hear that level of talent. Um, and like hard work, like clearly, um, it takes a long time to put something together that long and intricate. Um, so yeah, it's, it's impressive that you're, you were willing and dedicated enough to put in that work. Um, last, last couple questions that I always ask people is, uh, do you have any bad advice that you've received about how to do well in the music industry or like what you should do with your art? Um, maybe a, a bad piece of advice, um, I think often, you know, I, I don't know that it's bad, but I think that at the moment, I'll, I'll talk about it because I feel like it's currently like misleading, right? But um, I think it, people will talk about like where to put your energies, right? And there are things that people will suggest to put your energies into, right? So for example, like making a ton of like, um, of content for the internet um, is not bad but I also don't know if it's the most effective way to really interact with people or if it's like playing into um, the unfortunate realities that are uh, like at hand. I think they're like meaning like algorithms and different things like that. Um, right. I think that there are other ways to go about it, but it's just we live in such like a fast paced like time and space like basically like between Forema forever ago and like Bon Iver Bon Iver and 22 a million like there was like a bunch of space you know what I'm saying like yeah like they were touring and stuff but like there was like a space of like a couple of years between each record and yet here we are like we all still you know anything from Bon Iver Bon Iver comes on and I think all of us are like man what a point in time you know what I'm saying like dang or like another incredible example is Black Messiah by D'Angelo there's like a ton of time between Brown Sugar and Black Messiah I think like I think upwards of 10 years I think it might be like 13 years. That's crazy. It's wild. But Black Messiah is freaking, you talk to anybody. Yeah, Black Messiah, just freaking like a staple. Just so good. Like such an incredible album. But it's just like a lot of time. And, and I don't know. I think that at, at the current moment, that there's like post six times a week on Instagram and post 10 stories a day or I don't, I don't know, like whatever, like the that kind of stuff. Or like try and run a pre-save campaign before all your music. And it's like, is that like, does, like, I'm not even convinced necessarily that all that stuff is as important as it seems, or if we're like, we're all just like trying to tailor our work to like, they're not get rich quick schemes by any means, but like, like, I don't know. I, I just, maybe I'm naive, but I just think that there's like other ways to go about it. 
you know? Pre-saving is great, yeah. like, don't get me wrong, but it's like, if you're an artist, like, don't put all your energy into a pre-save campaign. Like, do something else. Like, like live stream a show. Like, figure out how to do it. Um, or, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, play a concert for three people from 40 feet away. Like, just, I mean, if you have that kind of space or that availability, you know what I mean? Like, if a lot yeah. of us, we don't have, we can't tour right now. We, we have, like, a, probably a lot of time on our hands. It's just, like, lots of different ways to figure out how to make it. Um, and meaning like financially like to make ends meet as well as to grow and that kind of stuff and I just don't know that like in a world full of puppies on Instagram and hundreds of thousands of artists like releasing music and like TikTok algorithms and like all you know like all this different kind of stuff like that just like working your buns off is like the best way meaning like like just produce 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 like squeeze every last like possible inch of creativity out of yourself i at least in that way i i just at, at least at this point in time i don't know that i'm convinced that those are like yeah like the best ways to do that yeah what what meaningful ways have you come up with to like interact with your fan base uh, as, like, a juxtaposition to the, like, six posts every week, ten stories a day kind of a thing? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, because it's, like, are they going to, like, one, or, like, is anybody actually going to get those, like, six posts, like, a, a, like per stretch, you know? Like, yeah, like, sure, like, talk about it on the internet and say, like, recently I, I'm, I'm, I'm releasing new music on March 5th. So there's that, which is really exciting. And at least for me, it is. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I've been, you know, like posting on Instagram. And I started like, oh, something cool. I'm going to announce it on Wednesday. Um, yeah. And uh, and then, you know, because that's like one of the better times during the week to post on Instagram or like right. whatever at a certain time. Right. So like to play to those things, but um, at the same time, just like taking the time to talk to people and like each individual comment or like different stuff like that. Um, but I think one of the big things that I'm picking up from a friend, or I picked up from a friend out in Nashville is that he started doing was just like playing music for people like at their houses right now, not in their houses, like just like by all means, please, please, please be safe. Like be like, you know, like, yeah. If you're going to do anything like that, like keep your distance, wear a mask. My partner is a nurse and she, you know, like when this, you know, you know, everything, um, be safe, be responsible, <laughs> but like figure out creative ways to do stuff. And so it's like, you know, if you can play a show like for five people from like 30 feet away, why are you not? I don't know. I mean, yeah. like every single one, um, yeah. And then, um, so there's that as well. I, I've recently been thinking about this after listening to a podcast. Um, but basically it's like the idea that if you had an infinite amount of lottery tickets, mm -hmm. um, why would you not use, or like just like keep going to collect them? If you could collect an infinite amount of like lottery tickets, why would you not keep going to collect them? And so treating posting on the internet a little bit more like that, right? Of like, except yeah. what you win in that lottery is like human interaction with one person, right? right. So like, I guess maybe, maybe it's just like, like a shift of mind. Cause it's like, 
I'm not like posting numerous times every week and trying to keep people on the Instagram app so Instagram keeps making more money because that's the only thing they really care about and that's why they started doing all their sponsored ads and all this kind of stuff. It's like, they don't care like what kind of content is like getting pressed around. Like, and so you might as well just do your own thing anyway. And so if you're like, if your end goal and your lottery, like the what lottery prize is like one person being like, this is tight. Like, this is super cool. I really like this. Totally. And it's like, that is like, that's, that's totally worth it. So, uh, there's, there's those two things trying to like reframe my mindset and then getting ready, um, to have, uh, two live stream release parties, uh, for 85, a song releasing on March 5th. One of them is at 11 our time, which is 7 PM in the UK and 8 PM in, in central Europe time. Ask you, uh, and yeah in Central European time. Anyways, and then uh, one at 6.30 that night. And so, uh, our time. Um, basically, like just trying to connect with people by like a live stream concert, by yeah. like one individual post. Like, it's like person by person. And I think I had a really great grasp on that a couple of years ago. And I think I lost it for a while. And in a recent conversation, my friend Jordy Searcy, he's just like great songwriter guy from Nashville and just awesome guy. Um, he was just like, yeah, man, it's just person by person, you know, like I just try and like do my best to like, I was like, it, I used to love playing shows for like 10 people. Like it didn't feel yes. the best, but like, yeah, interacting with those 10 people was like, dude, this is the highlight of life. Like, this is why I'm alive. Yeah. I love people. I yeah. love playing music. I love making music. And I love it when people are like, that was tight on a couple of levels and like we're here and breathing the same air and yeah. I played a guitar in the same room as people and like it vibrated the water in our bodies at the same like time and that was so cool you know yeah like that like that kind of stuff is is um yeah so March 5th yo if you want to come hang out uh, I'm doing a little release party at 6 30 our time heck yeah I'm down um that's awesome uh if if other people wanted to find you, follow your journey, um, how would they? How would they get this link? Um, how do they follow you? Totally, totally. So the best thing, um, my last name is S P A I T E, Spate or Spaite, however you want to think of that. Um, and my first name is James. Just the last name is you know James is it's easy to forget. Last name is a little bit more unique. I have like a list of everything on my website. Uh, under my tab called together where I keep all of my things together in one area. Um, and you can like RSVP. It's a free like release party just to celebrate and hang out with people like RSVP there. Um, follow me on Spotify is like a great way to help artists that way. I mean, especially if you like my tunes, uh, that way when I make new music and release it, you get an email on Fridays or whenever it is. And they're like, Hey, this artist has released new music. Um, Instagram and TikTok and those other kind of things are good. I'll, I'll use them to like, or just freaking stop me on the internet, figure out where I live and just come to my house and say, what's up? That would be very weird. That'd be, re that'd be really weird. Yeah. You don't want that. You don't want to invite that on yourself. No, I just opened up a, a can of worms I wasn't ready for. I'm definitely, I'm down for the March 5th. Um, and I'll make sure this comes out prior to that so that other people can get stuck on it too. Nice. <laughs> it's just like, like mid-April. It's like, 
March 5th, you just want to be there, like... Yeah. <laughs> That'd be dope. Yeah. Cool.